Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Um, so, I'm really excited about the word that I've got today. Uh, on Friday in prayer at Encounter, I felt the Lord quicken this passage to share this morning. And um, it wasn't just relevant a couple of thousand years ago. It's actually relevant for today. And if you've got your swords, if you could pull them out with me and turn to Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. Daniel 10. And when you got it, say, I got it! Can we turn the gain down, please? That would be great. Now, let's just pray, can we, as you're getting there? Father, we thank you for the opportunity to get around your word, and we ask your Holy Spirit to reveal to us everything that the Father has. And in all of this, that we would see Jesus exalted and lifted up high. Thank you for what you're doing in our church community, in our city and in our nation right now. But Lord, we want more of the same for your kingdom to come, your will to be done. And let it begin in us. In Jesus' name and all the people said, Amen. Okay, I'm going to read Daniel chapter 10. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Um, And uh, so there's a bit of text to get through this morning. But I want you to, if you can, pay attention to some themes that are coming up. Um, you will see in there some interesting conversations there between um, an angelic being and Daniel. And it's also, this, this book is prophetic and it's apocalyptic. And you'll see in there, Daniel chapter 10, uh, an angel having a dialogue with Daniel about what's happening in the heavenly, but also what's to come. And Daniel 11 reveals a lot of that and you'll see a, a short chapter, Daniel chapter 12. These are the last three chapters of the book of Daniel. It is very much revealing what would be happening in a general sense for the nation of Israel and a war and a battle that would be ensuing between the north and the south where Israel's in the middle. But it's also apocalyptic and prophetic in that we call this the, the, the law of double reference. It also points to the future. And for us, it points to the great tribulation. It points to tribulation that's, that's to come. So we're not going to go and, and go right into Daniel chapter 11, that's what is revealed to Daniel, but, but how Daniel gets to this point, how Daniel gets to that point. Are you ready to re- read with me? I'm reading for the English Standard Version and you'll see it up on the screens. Daniel chapter 10. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a word was revealed to Daniel who was named Belteshazzar. And the word was true, and it was a great conflict. And he understood the word and had understanding of the vision. And that's important for us, because Daniel was a man. He loved God. He knew God. He was around about 90 years old at this point. So he was an elderly man, and he had a heart for God, and he had a desire to understand the word, what was spoken, and understand the vision, which is what was seen. It's, it's one thing to hear what God is saying, but do we understand it? It's, it's, it's another thing to 
see what God is showing, but can we interpret that? So Daniel was a man who understood what was the spoken word, what was given to him, but also the vision and what was revealed. Let's go on. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning for three weeks. He was seeking God and there was a, there was a, state, a state of sorrow in his heart. I ate no delicacies, no meat, or wine entered my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all for the full three weeks. Okay, so there's 21 days, and it says, at the point of 21 days, he says, as a 90-year-old, some would say this is a type of a fast, and that's okay. Generally speaking, the biblical uh, uh, precedence was that fasting was to go without food, and at times food and water. Well, here you have a 90-year-old man that's abstaining from certain delicacies, and anointing himself, cleansing his body, uh, because he is in a season of mourning and he's pursuing God. There is an idea here of self-sacrifice here, because he was seeking God and he really was persevering for 21 days. We don't see that God said, I want you to fast and pray, or I want you to go without delicacies and pray for 21 days. He was just doing it, and at the 21-day point, that's when he got a response. It says this, on verse 4, at verse 4, excuse me, on the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, that is the Tigris River, I lifted up my eyes and looked. That's so important for us to lift up our eyes if we want revelation. Lift up the eyes in our hearts. A man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men were with me, the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them and they fled to hide themselves. So something clearly happened. There's conjecture around whether that was Jesus Christ himself. We call that a theophany or more specifically a Christophany, a revealing of God in the flesh. I don't think that that's the case, though it sounds like what we read about in Revelation because that very angelic being needed assistance. We can read that. And, 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 and Jesus before coming into the world, did not need assistance from the angelic being. So, nonetheless, there was a messenger that came to Daniel. He was radiant. There was something about him, and he, and he delivered a message. The other guys that were with Daniel, they knew something was going on. They could, they could, they could sense there was something, there was a power, there was a presence, but they didn't see, they didn't experience, and they fled. Just like Saul on the road to Damascus, he had an encounter with Jesus, didn't he? There were people with Saul, and what happened? They didn't know what was going on, and they fled in fear. They, 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 they knew something was happening, but they missed it. It's very possible for us to be surrounded by the power or the presence of God and still miss Him. It's important for us to have eyes in our hearts that are open that we would perceive, that our, that our hearts, that our ears, that our eyes would be leaning into what God is wanting to say and do and even reveal. And so here we see Daniel was the only one that knew what was going on. So I was left alone and I saw this great vision and no strength was left in me. My radiance was fearfully changed, which means he just probably went white in his face. 
I retain no strength. Then I heard, so he saw and then he heard the sound of his words. And as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. So he, he has this experience, he hears and what happens? He falls down and he face plants. He's got no energy. He's got absolutely no energy and he face plants. But then it says, behold, in verse 10, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. I love that when God allows a touch to come, it empowers us. It's a grace, isn't it? Maybe you're here this morning and you just need a touch. You just need an, you, maybe you feel like you've got no strength left in you. Just one touch. Sometimes I think... That we as believers think, oh, I'm so weak and so I'm, 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 I'm lacking and I have no strength in me. I've got to shunda mahunda for the next two hours. I've got to go work hard and then I'll get the touch from God. No, no, that's not what we see in the biblical narrative. It's just, God just graciously and he just touches. We don't need to work hard for that. It's just the state of the heart that says, oh, oh God, I need you. And a touch came and it says, he came trembling on hands and knees and the voice said oh Daniel man greatly loved that's an important first thing to hear man greatly loved we'll see further down I think it's in verse where is it verse 19 the word again says oh man greatly loved one of the first and most important things we need to hear for ourselves is that we are loved we want direction God, what are you saying? What are you doing? First of all, do you know that you are greatly loved? As you are right now, in Christ, you are as loved as you're ever going to be. There's nothing that you can do to cause him to love you any more than he does right now. In Christ Jesus, as he loves the Son, so he loves you. And in the same way, as guilt-ridden or shame-filled as you may feel, you need to know there is nothing that you can do to cause him to love you any less. Because in Christ we are his children. I've got three girls, full of personality. Oh, that's an understatement. And I tell them, girls, I love that you're trying to do the right thing, but you know that I love you as you are, and I can't love you anymore. I love you to the fullest. Because sometimes my kids, they really, I don't know, maybe from a young age, we as believers certainly feel it sometimes, that maybe we can get more love by doing better things. Well, a true and loving father doesn't function that way. And in Christ, he loves us entirely. So right now we see, Daniel, man greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you. Don't just, don't just listen, understand. And stand upright now, for now I have been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. And I want to camp on the next few verses 12 to 14 for a little bit then he said to me fear not Daniel for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. 
The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia, and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people, that's the nation of Israel, what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. So it's not just, it's, it's in a general sense about to happen. He's also about to prophesy into the era of the Great Tribulation, which we, we as, as post-cross will experience at some point. Let me just read on actually the next few verses and I'll jump back. It says, when he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and I was mute. That's an important point for us. When God speaks, zoop. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, Oh, my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now no strength remains in me and no breath is left in me. Again, one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, Oh, man, greatly loved. He says it again here. Fear not. Peace be with you, be strong and of good courage. And as he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. As he spoke, the strength came. When God's word comes, it gives us strength, doesn't it? It doesn't just inform, it imparts and empowers. That's the beauty of God's word. Let my Lord speak. You have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I've come to you? But now I'll return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I will tell you what is inscribed in the book of truth. There is none who contends to be, excuse me, there is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. So let me kind of paint a picture here. Um, it says, From day. One, from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard. I have come because of your words. If you're taking notes and you haven't already begun, make sure you write this down. A humble heart attracts a heard prayer. A humble heart attracts a heard prayer. This is so important for us. See, it it might have taken 21 days, 21 days for Daniel, who was seeking insight, seeking understanding, seeking wisdom. He was seeking that from God. It took 21 days for that answer, that response, that delivery to come. Have you ever waited for a delivery and it's taken a lot longer than what you had hoped for? (laughs) Have you ever sent someone a message and you're waiting days for them to respond? Don't look at anyone in the room. Come on, some of your friends, right? Well, Daniel was was seeking God and only after 21 days. But it says that from day one, he was heard. The very first day, the Lord God heard the prayer because his heart was right and said, on your way. He sends the answer and it took 21 days To get to Daniel. I wonder if there are some people here this morning and you've been praying for some time. And you think, Lord, do you even hear me? Have you heard my prayer? Lord, I've fasted, I've prayed, I've waited, I've given, I've sacrificed, I've served. And you had got your response. 
Well, be encouraged because the Lord God hears you. He's heard you if your heart is right. He's heard you just because he hasn't given you the answer within a 30-second microwave button push doesn't mean he hasn't heard. Just like there was a, there's been major freight holdups because of the floods on the train, on the railway system. You know about the, the flooding over east, stopping a lot of the deliveries coming over? It's still coming. It's still coming. It's just there was a bit of a holdup. And that's what we read about here. There's just a bit of a holdup. From the very first day, your words were heard. I have come because of your words. Brothers and sisters, have confidence that every prayer that you offer God from your heart matters to Him. Every prayer, whether it's a one-hour prayer, whether it's a a ten-minute prayer, whether it's a one word or even just a sigh from the heart, your Heavenly Father hears you. So it's better to just talk with him than not. And maybe, maybe you have a theology that says that I, I, I have a microwave God, but a lot of the times he's like, kind of like a crockpot God. He takes time. He takes time. If God always answered us at the click of a finger, I wonder how spoiled I might become. I want my answer now. Lord, I prayed to you 30 seconds ago. I want my answer, my breakthrough now. God says, hey, chill, baby. I got this. I've heard you, but I'm going to allow some things to happen that might stretch this out a little bit. Isaiah 66, verse 2, all these things my hand has made, and so all these things came to be, declares the Lord. This is the one to whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. This is so important when we pray, that when we pray and we come before our Father, it's not an arrogant, prideful prayer. God, I'm telling you, you need to do this because your word said. Daniel had humility in his heart humility he wanted to understand and he had a humble heart toward God and from that moment God had heard him and so what the Lord is looking for is children that are humble enough but also bold to come before him and let him do what only he can do let's read on the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. Second point, the real battle is in the unseen realm. The real battle is in the unseen realm. So imagine this, Daniel is praying, he's seeking God for a few weeks, he's abstaining but he's going to God, seeking insight, seeking understanding, seeking revelation. An angelic being appears to him, a no-named angelic being, and starts to dialogue what's been happening in the heavenly realm and references a prince of Persia and later on a prince of Greece. These are not just physical princes. These are angelics. These are angelic rulers or authorities. We know from the scriptures, including this passage, that there are assigned 
princes or angels over regions, territories or people groups. It says here, um, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and to make you understand what is to happen to your people. Who is your people? That is the nation of Israel. So you have Michael, and we see later on that Michael we can read is assigned to your people or the nation of Israel. So Michael over Israel, mentioned in this passage, you also have a prince of Persia. Persia was a very rebellious pagan uh, uh, nation. But you also have the prince of Greece. And so what happens is the messenger comes to give a response, but Michael comes to assist. And there is a tussle that goes on. There is, a, there, there, there is in the heavenly realms, there is rulers or authorities that are at war to stop God's response or hinder God's response from coming. I wonder how often our prayers have been heard, but it's just taken a little bit of time because there are rulers and authorities and principalities trying to hinder God's plans from being fulfilled. J j just a question. Just a question. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10, can we? Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 10. Are you still with me this morning? Ephesians chapter 3 says this, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might know, might know, might now be made known to the who? The rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Okay, so there are rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Throng in the Lord and in the strength of His might, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I wonder if a lot of the time when we're fighting here at this level... We're wasting a little bit of energy and we, we could be fighting like this. Father, I pray your will to be done and to persist and to persevere as we purpose in our hearts to pray and to not give up. A number of years ago, I had a dream when... Uh, and Malaga congregation was in Westchester Road. This is probably about maybe eight years ago. It was a concerning dream, but in the dream, this is what happened. I was walking through our church foyer into our auditorium, and I noticed that we had someone there as, um, uh, in our church that was visiting that day, and that person was demonically afflicted. Uh, they were being harassed. They were being oppressed by... Um, an evil spirit, a tormenting spirit. And in the dream, as I saw this, this is all a dream, I walked past this person and I walked past into the auditorium and what concerned me in my heart was that I was indifferent and I, I didn't really care. So in the dream, I'm walking past someone who's afflicted and I didn't care and then I was troubled in my spirit in the dream because I didn't think to do anything about it, to pray for the person, to release the person, to minister to the person. But then I heard a voice in the dream tell me, the reason why you are indifferent in this occasion is because you don't see yourself as you truly are. And straight away, I saw myself in an army uniform, 
with stripes on the side. And I knew in that moment, in that dream, that I saw myself as a general in God's army. When I saw myself in that army uniform, that changed how I thought and behaved in that instant. Right then, I thought, I am both equipped, enabled, and called to minister to this person. And that was a real wake-up call for me. Because I thought, I need to remember that I am not just, I'm not just walking through this earth. I'm not just some sort of physical being having a spiritual experience. I'm actually a spiritual being having a physical experience. And so that dream really shook me and it made me realize, hang on, I've got to do something now. I've got to, I've got to see it and then I've got, to, I've got to be called to act. And that really triggered in my heart a different motivation as I ministered to people. I shared this occasion uh, one time a couple of years ago. I was in a service. Um, excuse me if you've heard this story before, but I was in a service, I was on the front row and we were in the first or second song in worship. It was a Sunday evening and as we're worshipping, I felt something wasn't right. And we're worshipping, I turned around and I saw a bloke, um, a friend of mine, and he would pop in every few weeks just for a visit. And so as a friend of mine, I know him. But all of a sudden, as I turned around and looked at him, I thought, oh, something's, something's not right here. And I worshipped. And I just started praying in the Spirit. I, started praying in the, I didn't know what to do or what to say, right? So I'm just praying and I'm praying in the Spirit. And I felt this just yuckiness. And I thought, I think, I think, I think he's demonically afflicted. I don't know what that is. I had no clear red letters from the sky. I didn't hear something specific from the Holy Spirit. I just felt something wasn't right about him in that moment. And so what I did was I turned around and I thought, yep, something's not right here. And as I'm praying, no one else heard this, but I just declared these words came out of my mouth as we're worshipping. In the name of Jesus, I command any demonic spirit that is harassing, and I mentioned that, that person, to leave right now in Jesus' name. As I said that, no one else heard. As I said that, I turned around, he got up out of his seat and he left, straight at that very moment. I didn't need the microphone to do that. I didn't need to go and talk to him personally. But in that very moment, all I did was I declared something into the heavenly realm and something changed. Never underestimate the power of your words to either bring down or lift up, to bring freedom or incarcerate. Use the authority that God has called you to, to bring freedom to others. Minister to people. Don't be so quiet in your heart. I'm not talking about everyone needs a megaphone. No, just declare things in the heavenly. You can do it from your prayer closet. You can do, I can tell you stories at three in the morning when no one else is around, how I declare things and things would change. I'm sure you've got those experiences too. And that's all because we have the authority of Jesus. He's entrusted us, graced us, empowered us to do something with that authority. Are you picking up what I'm putting down this morning? So, he's a reminder for us to see that what happens in the unseen is actually of greater significance than just what happens here. So here is a call, an encouragement perhaps, for greater clarity, greater clarity in the greater reality of the spirit realm.
prayer really works. I forget who, who first said this. He says, uh, he wrote, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. It was, it was Peter that was in the prison cell and the angel came, right? You remember that? So the angel came and let Peter out. That was an angelic encounter, but why was the angel there? Why, did, why was the angel sent? It was because Peter was praying. May we not underestimate the power and the potency of our prayers. It doesn't need to be long-winded. It's just got to be heartfelt. Because we are in a spiritual battle, my friends. Maybe you're here this morning and you know you're in a spiritual battle. Can I just say, I'm aware that I personally am in a spiritual battle. And at times it can be so tiring. It can be exhausting. It can be discouraging. But we are called, it says in Ephesians 6, it says to stand firm. In verse 10, we read, be, 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 be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? His might. It's not in my own, it's in His. So learn to rest and find refuge and relax in His strength. It's a grace we can access any time of the day. Any time of the day. As tiring, exhausting as it would be. And may we seek Him for His word which strengthens us. Final point. Perseverance in prayer always pays off. Perseverance in prayer always pays off. Perseverance in prayer always pays off. That doesn't mean that if you continue to persevere and persist, you're always going to get what you want. No, that's not, that's not what happens. That's, that, 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 that's not what the Bible says. I'm praying for that, that beautiful red uh, Corvette to arrive and I've been praying, you know, for 20 days and I'm believing on the 21st day that I'm going to get that breakthrough for that red Corvette. No. No, that's not what it says. It pays off. It might pay off in other ways. As we pray, in fact, the more that you pray, the more it changes you. The more time we spend before God in prayer and not just asking for things, but communing with Him, dining with Him, sharing with Him, listening to Him, just being in His presence, the more that we do that with Him and we seek Him, we rest in Him, the more it changes us and our minds rather than God's. And as we are changed, we are more likely for our hearts to tilt and shift to be aligned to what His will is. So here we see Daniel is seeking God as a 90-odd, maybe, maybe just under 90, maybe just over 90. This old, frailish man, his heart is still set on God and he's like, I'm just going to keep praying. I want insight here. I want to know what's going to be happening. And at 21 days, he gets his response. persists what if he stopped at day 20 would we have then chapter 11 one of the clearest prophetic insights that we have in script the most detailed prophetic insights in the in, in, in the whole of the bible what if he stopped on day 20 because 20 days i've had enough of this i'm not getting an answer i i i i i, I got god god you know where it's at i'm just going to leave it Maybe that's a call for some of you today. Don't quit on 20. Don't quit on 20. Don't quit on day 20. Keep going. Keep persisting. Keep persevering. Keep on going and don't let up. Maybe it's been 20 years for you and you're praying for that breakthrough. Is it a physical sickness? Is it a restoration of a relationship? 
Is it the salvation of a child or a, or a parent or, or a neighbor? Keep persevering in prayer and don't stop, don't give up, don't quit. Your answer's on its way. No matter what it looks like, no matter how tired you might become, don't quit. We've got time. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. I'm going to read from verse 5. Yep. Thank you. Jesus just talks about the Lord's Prayer. Interesting that the disciples say, Lord, teach us to pray. They don't say, Lord, teach us to preach. They don't say, Lord, teach us to prophesy. They say, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus gives them instruction, gives them the Lord's Prayer, and then it says in verse 5, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. Verse 7. And he will answer from within, Don't bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. Verse 8. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend. Yet because of his impudence, or your version might say persistence, or I think a more accurate, accurate translation is Uh, a shameless persistence yet because of his impudence or shameless persistence he will rise and give him whatever he needs and then Jesus says I tell you ask it'll be given to you seek and you will find knock and it'll be open to you for everyone who asks receive receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it'll be opened what father among you if his son asks for a fish will instead of of a fish give him a serpent or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Keep knocking. Keep asking. Keep seeking. How long have you been knocking for? Is it not worth to keep knocking? But Lord, it's been five years. Look, I just want three loaves of bread. I know your kids are in bed. I know, I know of the hour, but just, Lord, help me. Lord, I need that breakthrough. Lord, I need that healing. Lord, please, I, I need help with my finances. Lord, I've been struggling with this addiction for so long now. Just keep knocking. Because of your persistence, will your father not get up and listen to you? Don't stop one day early. Your delivery, your answer, your response could be tomorrow, the very next day. So don't lose hope either. Don't quit on 20. Don't quit one day early. Don't quit five days early. Don't quit because you've just been praying for a couple of hours. Pray until something happens. Your Father has heard you. And just because you haven't got it yet doesn't mean He's not listening. Not only does He hear you, He listens. He looks at the heart. He interprets that even though your words might be frail and mixed up and your theology may be warped. And all of us are warped in our theology in some way. It doesn't matter. He looks at the heart. He says, hold on, kids. 
hold on. There could be something going on around about us in the unseen world, in the heavenly realm. There might be rulers, there may be authorities, there may be principalities that are slowing things down. But your answer is coming. Hold on. Trust God and stand in the victory of Jesus. We know on the other side of this that at the cross, all powers, principalities and rulers... They were disarmed. The, the, the sting was taken out of death. We know that because of what Jesus did. Christus Victor, that is Christ victorious on that cross. We pray not for victory, but from victory. Because of the cross, because of the victory, we have faith in him and what he's done for us. And then we stand knowing, my God has healed me in a sense. My God has freed me in a sense. I know I'm at liberty in Jesus' name. And I can stand in that victory as I pray, as I wait, as I hope. And I won't faint because I wait on the Lord and have my strength renewed. Kyle, if you can come up, please. We're going to finish with some communion just now. And if you can hear the heart of the Father this morning, I really feel it's this to and trusting, and believing, and communing, and dining, regardless of what fruit you may or may not see, what outcomes you may or may not see, your results you may or may not see. You know, as we pray, we can very easily focus on the fruit. But as we truly pray, what's happening is, is our root system is being worked on. We often pray for fruit, but as we pray and trust and rest and have faith in Jesus, the, the root system is getting a little bit deeper, a little bit stronger. And then that allows the fruit to come. That's what prayer is about. If you're here this morning and you find, you're finding it hard to stand in life, start kneeling. You're never taller than, than you are when you're on your knees. You know that in the spirit. It's, 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 it's if, if, if we kneel in our hearts, we submit in our hearts, we let the humility of Christ come. Oh, Father, I'm so aware of my own failings and shortcomings, my weaknesses, but I know it's your strength that makes me perfect. It's your grace that completes me, and in that I rest. And I pray now, I bring before you my situation. I bring before you my health. I bring before you my addiction. I bring before you my children. I bring before you my marriage. I bring before you my parents. I bring before you my neighbours. I bring before you my workplace. I bring before you my finances. I bring before you my business. I, I, I bring it all to you. I bring it before the throne room of grace. And I know, Lord, I've been praying this for a while. But you are the purpose of faith. I'm not getting stuff off you. It's you. Lord, I trust in you. And I say thank you. I will continue to thank you. I'll continue to trust you. In Jesus' name. I'm going to finish with communion. What I want to do this morning, thanks. On your seats, you'll have communion cups. If you could grab that out with me. I want to shake up little cups
What I'd love for us to do is we've got to remember Jesus. The bread is the body that was broken for us. The juice, the ribena, whatever this is, black currant flavoured cordial. We remember that the blood was spilt, was shed for us. The loss of blood was a representation. It pointed us to life. He gave up his life so that we would have life. And as we take communion, as, as Kyle leads us in a song that just helps us consider Jesus, this is what I'd love for us to do. We remember Jesus. We and the cup symbolizing the new covenant of grace. Let's bring before him as we thank him for what he's done, bring before him the things that we're praying into or that we're believing for. What is, bring it to the cross. Bring it before him. It could be a person. It could be about a place. It could be about a thing. Whatever God quickens you as you wait, now just bring it to the cross. Can we do that now? Father, as we wait on you just now, as we commune with you, as we dine with you, as we enjoy with you, as we rest in and with you, we cannot move ahead without thanking you for the cross. We thank you for what was accomplished for us. Jesus, we, we thank you for dying on that cross for us, in our place. You have taken on our sin that we would have your righteousness because of what you've done on the cross when we trust in you believe in you and we follow you Lord we can be rest assured that there is now no condemnation for us there is only freedom love acceptance and enjoyment from our father thank you for what you've done for us this morning just now as we take the bread and, and the juice we also want to bring before you things that have been on our heart or that maybe even right now as we wait on you that your spirit quickens to us we bring it to you and we say lord please hear our prayer and we continue to pray we continue to persist we continue to persevere we thank you father i thank you father We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.